Joining me now for Locked On Gators is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And before we get into it, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And John, um, we've had an eventful week or so. <laughs> Yeah. Both, both us two with this show and just Gators fans in general, obviously there's there's a lot happening. Uh, a lot more is going to happen. But as we're wrapping up this 2022 season and kind of putting the, the finishing touches on the 2023 recruiting class, Florida is in a rough spot. Uh, you've got a, a massive class, still a very good class, but you missed out on the slam dunk that seemed to be Cormani McLean. Um and then Caden McDonald, who never felt like a Gator, committed to the Ohio State Buckeyes. And now at those similar spots, but not the same player, you're looking at guys like like Desmond Ricks is someone who recently reclassified. Florida's been at least in contact with him for a while now. How do you kind of put the finishing bow on that and maybe get Desmond Ricks where You've mentioned the timeline has changed completely with him because he was 2024, reclassified, and then you have pretty much seven weeks to decide where you're going to yeah. yeah, he's going to be interesting, right? This is the big fish remaining for the Florida Gators, uh, both, I think, positionally and certainly optically, right? I mean, I think the optics of Cormani McLean outweigh the actual loss because you do have this big defensive back class with multiple corners that are – profiling as as taller longer guys jakeem jackson obviously Deshaun johnson the most recent cornerback commitment but no disrespect to them neither of them is on the level of a cormani mcclain or certainly a desmond ricks even in reclassifying and skipping an entire year of high school you're talking about a six foot one 180 pound cornerback who looks moves plays and even speaks as if he's already in college much less skipping a year of high school ball dominating year at IMG Academy this year. Last year was the breakout year for him uh, up at IMG. Uh, so obviously played against elite competition. And, and because of that, he became maybe outside of Cormani McLean, the most coveted defensive back in the country, talking all the other safeties and corners in 23 and every defensive player in the class of 24. So naturally Florida has uh, taken advantage of this, right? Uh, In-state kid now, even though he's from Virginia, They've gotten him on campus a bunch. I think three or four visits already. Now he's planning an official visit to Florida. Both Alabama and LSU are also likely to get him on campus one more time. So it's really starting to feel like it's those three programs. So it's familiar territory for Florida fans because if you talk about the DBU conversation, it's it's kind of those three schools, right? No disrespect to Ohio State. They're in it too. But it's Florida. It's LSU. Certainly Corey Raymond connections speak for themselves. And then Alabama, just recent history at almost every position, they've been able to turn them out. So naturally, uh, trying to win this battle is going to be uphill for Florida, but there are some built-in advantages like we talked about in the frequency of visits to Gainesville. There's no doubt that Corey Raymond has absolutely made an impact here, uh, and the location has absolutely helped Florida. Again, three or four visits already in the books. We talked about it at Friday Night Lights when Desmond was, was up in Gainesville. It was like he was a senior recruit. He, he's been recruited as a senior basically the entire time. And we actually started hearing scuttlebutt about that reclassification. First time I, it came across my desk was like June or July. So 
around that time, there was already some talk that he might jump up a class well ahead of that Friday Night Lights visit. So naturally, Florida has been prioritizing him as such pretty much the entire time. Uh, so I do think that's where there's a big advantage for UF. Uh, you're going to have to survive other schools. But again, that's that's the game. Whether you're talking about an elite the prospect at any position or from any state, you want to win. I, I say it every week. You want to win. You got to go beat these schools uh, to get supreme talent. So I do think that Rick's optically becomes the big fish remaining in this class for Florida. Although there's a lot of spots left, uh, there's a lot of targets still undecided. But now his timeline becomes the most intriguing because not only did he reclassify, it looks like he's going to sign in December. So now that we're officially in November. You're talking six weeks away from making all your visits and, and signing with one school. So it's crunch time for him, just like it is for the Gators, uh, Crimson Tide and Tigers in this case. Yeah. And I was, I was going to ask, by the way, I was just, I was getting PTSD that whole time. You were like, yeah, it's between these three schools. And I was yeah, just like, oh, I'm going to get my hopes up again. <laughs> I'm just going to, and I'm going to be let down horribly. So I can't wait for it. <laughs> um, no, but, no Miami yeah. visits planned as of right now. So. Yeah. Thank, thank, thank the Lord. But hey, who knows? You know, it, it took a while with Cormani didn't go till June and then just right there. Um, that, yeah, it, I'm in pain right now still. I'm not going to lie about it. But with Desmond Ricks, I mean, he's had, like you mentioned, it's an insanely accelerated timeline where, yeah, there were talks of reclassification dating back to June, but now that it, it happened, then he's got that brief period of time what kind of goes into recruiting someone like that who reclassified and it, I mean, I want to say compared to other reclassifications was probably kind of late maybe. Um, and so, so reclassified and now has to speed it up where you've got few opportunities to get him on campus uh, with an official or unofficial visit at that point. And so how does that kind of speed up recruiting him? I think that's why we talked about his list of, of 10 schools being, much too big, right? There was no way he was still going to truly consider 10 programs when you have to decide in six weeks. It's just the math doesn't add up. There's not enough visit weekends to truly prioritize that many schools. And that's why we're starting to get a little bit more clarity on that. I don't think it's only down to Florida, Alabama, and LSU. I do think some other programs are going to continue to try to shoot their shot. There are at least two more official visit opportunities available to him so maybe he tries to take all five sounds exhausting just just to talk about out loud but it's happened it's happened before and again i think what's what's different about desmond is he's been this elite cornerback for years already so even if he doesn't necessarily take all the trips he does have a truly informed and updated opinion on all these schools uh you can't be an elite img player for two years and not have that that five-star recruiting experience it means a ton of unofficial visits it means a ton of coaches stopping by your school uh and inevitably it means some drama late late in the recruiting process so again there's a maturity that comes with him that will help him navigate this thing because look you can't skip a bunch of classes and, and start to accelerate that academic schedule without being mature just as a human being much less as a football player trying to make a, an important decision on, on where you're going to play your college ball so there's obviously a, a lot of maturity going on with ricks and i think he'll put that into the recruiting process itself but it, it appears as if we're splitting hairs already even if it's just these three schools you could start to build the case for, for all three of them. So I think it's going to be fascinating down the stretch. And again, optically, 
would look tough. Would look tough for Florida to miss out on another in-state, technically an in-state defensive back when when the on-field product has been so lacking in the secondary. To, to miss on the two biggest fish in the state of Florida would not look great for the University of Florida. And if we're talking about it, Billy Napier and Tony and Raymond, all those guys certainly know about it, and, and they're going to try to do their best uh, to close well here. Although, again, for all these battles, it's never going to be over until until Penn meets paper. So there's probably still some drama remaining with some guys we're not even talking about. Yeah, um, there's potentially drama with some guys we're about to talk to in Quay Rousseau and James Smith, the, little, the, the Batman and Robin dynamic duo of the class that are a – they're a pair, they're – package deal, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they've been the package deal. We've talked about them a lot as the package deal. Quaver saw leaning more Florida, James Smith, not as much. Um, how, how do we feel about them as we're approaching this signing day next month? Right. Well, the wild card shoe has dropped in, in that recruitment. That's Auburn, right? Obviously firing Brian Harson on Halloween, which is Nick Saban's birthday. So that whole dynamic is its own unique storyline just from a journalism perspective. But yes, th- this is the wild card in this recruitment because proximity to home is Auburn. The school they've been to the most frequently is Auburn. And I think kind of like you said with Florida, Rousseau has a little bit more of, of the heartstrings being tugged at with Florida and Auburn as opposed to Smith, who feels more Alabama and Georgia. So the, the wild card of the package deal remains, and that will be the storyline at the very top of the discussion between these two. But now Auburn, to me, presents itself as its own wild card because what if they go out and get Deion Sanders to be their head coach? What if they go out and get someone that is already recruiting Smith and Rousseau at another school to be their head coach. Could that tip Auburn over the edge in a positive way? We always look at these changes negatively, like, oh, all the decommitments are coming, they're screwed. But you can also fall forward, like Florida did this past cycle, perfect example, and actually recruit you know, maybe above your weight class, if you will. So I think that's a, a fantastic uh, wild card to look at in this recruitment, and it obviously is going to affect – all the other schools in pursuit. I think Florida has done a really good job prioritizing each guy individually as well as as together. They've gotten two visits to Gainesville under their belt, including that official visit uh, just a couple weeks ago. And I think Florida has done all it could on their end, and it'll come down to closing. And I think uh, in the end, it'll come down to all these SEC schools. Auburn's going to have some kind of say. Um, Alabama, Georgia speak for themselves. And then Florida still presenting to me as a true dark horse. And to me, still the best bet for Florida to land one of these two is for them to not be a package deal. And then you have a little bit more oomph with Quay Rousseau, who again, his father, a Floridian, big Gator fan, has, has taken in multiple trips with him while not participating on some of these other visits that he's gone on. I think that's where you could start to build the case for Florida for Rousseau, but inevitably uphill for both of these guys. They're both elite. They're both top 15, top 20 in America at their respective positions. So it'll be uphill just in general for any school, uh, including the Gators in this case. Yay. Um, The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know this because, well, 
I use Simply Safe for my house, which it's fantastic because I've told you guys before this story and I will tell you again, there was a time I was on vacation. I got the little notification that was like, hey, bro, you got something. I'm sorry, that was so stupid. <laughs> you got something going on. Um, it, it was just a false alarm. It was my neighbor's kid. Ball came into the yard. They went and got the ball and Simply Safe was just Simply say was looking for smoke. I don't know what to tell you about that point, but it's good because I at least knew I was protected, even though it was a completely false alarm. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. And remember, there's no safe like Simply Safe. It's no longer summertime, thankfully, because during the summer, I am disgusting. Um, I am naturally very sweaty. Sorry to tell you that. I, I am naturally very sweaty. I live in a humid place where I'm even more gross because of it. Luckily, not as hot right now. Humidity is still a pain, but not as hot. So it kind of alleviates that pressure a little bit. But for me, sweat block was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. So you know, two peas in a pod there. So it's a doctor created, doctor recommended if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor. Yeah. Try sweat block. You can save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. And it's also available on Amazon. And then you mentioned Auburn firing Harson and how they could kind of fail upwards. We'll say, um, but they have, they did lose a decommit or they did lose a commit with a decommitment and Janoris Wilson, a Lakeland interior offensive lineman. And I have to ask this again, because the lockdown getters discord, they were like, Hey, this kid decommitted, go get him." What's the situation with Janoris Wilson and his recruitment now that it is reopened so late in the cycle. Yeah. We've talked about all these DBs and D linemen uh, that, that could be on the board for Florida. That's not the biggest need for the Gators. I think it's still on the offensive side of the ball and, and probably still on the offensive line. Even though you flipped Rod Kearney from Florida State just a couple weeks ago, there's still spots available. And, and Wilson projects as kind of a big interior road grader, not the, not the same type of projection as a Roderick Kearney, even though both might play on the offensive interior. So, yeah, he becomes interesting, right? Decommits from Auburn. He's already talked about multiple schools beginning to reach out. He has not taken a ton of visits. So that's something that, again, in a late surging type of recruitment, how could it not benefit Florida, right? He's a Lakeland kid. Uh, one of the Pouncey twins is like his mentor and obviously proximity to Gainesville, you know, from Polk County, that, that's a quick trip. So I do think that if they want to get involved, uh, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. I wonder if Florida State considers it right. They're down one offensive lineman. So naturally, you wonder if they start to get involved. I don't think Miami gets involved there. If, if that's still a, a scary word there for, for Florida fans, I don't think they're going to get involved. Oregon has gotten involved at this point, too. So for him. What do the visits look like? When do you start to lock in some official visits? Because like we talked about for Ricks and and, and the, the two from Alabama, the clock's ticking. If, if you're going to sign in December, it's all of a sudden that calendar switch over from October to November should hit you in the face if you're a recruit because you're like, oh, my goodness, I have to put my name on a piece of paper towards one of these schools and lock it in in a matter of weeks if if you're a December signee, which, again, most prospects are at this point. Haven't confirmed that with Wilson, but, again, a Lakeland kid, a program that gets it from a recruiting standpoint, they're going to push their kids more likely than not 
to sign in December. So if there's going to be some type of action towards the Gators, it probably needs to happen here in, in short order. Although he was on campus, I believe, in September for a game right before he committed to Auburn. So there is some precedent and some relationship there. Now you got to build on it. And I mean, Janoris Wilson decommitted from Auburn and we saw Rod Kearney flip from Florida State to Florida and it's flip season. That's going to be a thing that happens quite a bit. I can't wait for it. We saw it with Hunter last year, Florida State to Jackson State on signing day. Yep. How can, or really just with flip season, how can any team kind of protect themselves from that? Because I know that part of it's going to be just keeping in contact with these recruits. And I know that every fan of every team likes to say, well, once they start losing games, they're about to lose these commits. And that hasn't happened with Miami giving up 45 to middle Tennessee state and Duke. And it, I mean, Auburn has lost, I think two commits so far. Florida didn't lose a ton when Dan Mullen left. There was a few, but Got better ones, if we're being honest. Um, but how can a program prevent these flips while also trying to add in new names to your class? Yeah, it's it's a good question this time of year for everybody, right, Brandon? Everybody's got a recruiter too that someone else wants. So I think it's it's a self awareness deal, not not being, I guess, prideful enough to think prospect X is committed to me. And that's it. They're not going to look around. They're not going to consider these other options. It's just having the awareness to look beyond that and actually continue to recruit your guys. I mean, it's something that, you know, the transfer portal has has doubled down on. NIL has doubled down on. you got to check in with your own roster and your own commitments in this case, really before you look elsewhere. So when you hit these bye weeks, when you when you have more time on the trail and you're allocating your resources and recruiting, hey, where are you going to go for, for these visits? Which coaches are you going to send to these high schools or in the home? You really have to begin with your verbal commitment list and those guys that were the highest on the board, right? Naturally, like Jakeem Jackson probably needs to, to have one of those first visits from the Florida coaching staff once once all of that materializes, for example. I know Kentucky, a couple other schools have been involved here. Do you double down on Dijon Johnson, who had – Alabama and Georgia involved before, you know, he, he flipped from Ohio State to Florida. Those are self-awareness issues you have to address internally uh, before you can go out and flip other prospects. And, and to me, it's more about that. It's more about the coaches and those relationships than the games. If it was about losing games, then, yeah, the, Texas would never have a great recruiting class. <laughs> I mean, Texas A&M wouldn't have been number one last year, right? I mean, it's never that simple. Um, you know, most coaches will tell you it's never as bad as it seems when they're losing on the field in terms of recruiting. And it's never as good as it seems when you're winning on the field. So like Georgia's number one undefeated, but they're still at play for decommitments. They, they lost the McDonald battle yesterday along the defensive line for an Atlanta area kid. So you're not immune to it on the positive side either. So for me, it's always about those relationships between recruit and recruiter. And then how the carousel affects it, right? Because we're in that time of year where some assistants are going to start to be plucked from these rosters, from these these schools that are doing well, right? If, if you're an assistant at TCU or Georgia or Tennessee or, or some of these schools that are near the top, Clemson, Michigan, now your name's starting to pop up in some of these head coaching vacancies, or maybe you're, you're a position coach and you're going to be a coordinator at another school. So all of those things factor in much more than wins and losses, especially much more than we think as as college football fans. Yeah, and 
I mean, I'm just going to hope that all the assistants stay with Florida. They should, considering the team sucks. Um, You would think. So hopefully the assistants get to say, but thank you so much, John. This is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Lockdown's Recruiting Insider. Catch him all throughout the Lockdown College Network. And I mean, you'll be here again in a couple days. So we'll see you soon. Sounds good, Brandon. Thanks for having me.